This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. We're currently recording on December the 4th, 2019, and we just wanted to mention one of our advertisers, Oberfeld Snowcap, as they're supporting the podcast for the week, and we'll have a brief message from them later on in the podcast. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, normally we just focus on the most read articles for the week, but Craig, you're on site for the opening of La Durée's newest store in downtown Toronto, and we wanted to chat about that first. That's right. And otherwise, we had two most read articles we wanted to highlight. Coincidentally, they both also landed in the Toronto area. The first being a spa that opened up in the Bayview Village, and the second being a grocery market that opened their third store. But Craig, macaroons wait for no one. So tell us about the downtown Toronto location of La Durée that just opened that you visited. Guess what I'm doing right now. I'm guessing that has something to do with eating something decadent (laughs) and lavish. A chocolate macaron and then I'm going to be having the uh, Marie Antoinette. It actually has like little tea leaves on it. Oh Uh, no, I love it. I know exactly. (laughs) Now for those of us not eating macaroons right now, why don't I give our listeners a little bit of a background on La Durée. But there are luxury French patisserie that opened up in paris in 1862 but they've of course since then branched out to a variety of other countries around the world including canada to offer their uh, well-known macaroons and signature pastries Mm -hmm. but uh, their canadian chapter began back in 2016 when they opened up their first location in vancouver on robson street Now, I believe it was 1,200 square feet, and they had 16 seats for their daily tea service, which would offer things like their sweet and savory treats from their chefs. But uh, they also opened up a location in the Holt Renfrew in Vancouver, which subsequently um, converted into the carriage format. Mm -hmm. But um, in the next year, in 2017, they opened up their first location in Yorkdale Shopping Centre in their luxury wing. Now, that would be rubbing shoulders with um, places like Lynx of London and St. Laurent, but they had a similar square footage, like 1,185 square feet, mm. and they offered uh, 26 seats for that tea salon service, as well as all the variety of other um, like macaroons and services that uh, were offered from the Vancouver location. But in 2018, the Vancouver area got their first, um, well, laboratory. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they can have more than one, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, the, it's a 1,500 square foot commercial kitchen that they can then offer more complicated um, pastries out of because it's a significant investment. There's about 90% of the equipment came from France itself and includes like a special oven <laughs> for their famous cakes and pastries. And uh, But yeah, so at the end of the day, we have that at my Vancouver location which I'm so happy about. Um, Hopefully you guys can get that in Toronto soon, but that brings us to 2019, now that they're opening up their second location in Toronto in the downtown financial centre. So Craig, tell us a little bit about that opening that you attended. That's right, yeah, it's in the Exchange Tower, and that's um, kind of the retail component to a high-rise that's above it, and it's connected to First Canadian Place, which is kind of like the Bank of Montreal building for those who uh, who don't know, and that's kind of this marble-clad palace. The Lido mm. itself is really quite lovely looking. It's a combination uh, retail space and kind of a tea room. Well, I'm glad it continued to look lovely because I was wondering how that experience was going to be for the downtown you know, business core, which is more go-go-go as opposed to let's go and have an afternoon tea service and relax and have a luxury experience. So, uh, but how was that experience when you kind of came up to it and the feeling and the, the vibe? 
Yeah, I mean, it was overall a nice experience. People were sitting there and enjoying themselves. It's got, I think, about 16 seats in the in the dining area, and then there's a kind of a coffee bar area that uh, people can sit at as well that I think had four seats. So it's about 20 seats. And uh, um, no, you know, it's, it's just overall a very you know, pleasant experience uh, being in there. What I thought is interesting as well is it's quite open. Uh, you know, like uh, Alessia was mentioning, uh, you know, in Robson Street, it's very much self-contained. You know, you've got the front of the store that has windows and a door. And um, the location at the Exchange Tower is very, very open. So, you know, it's a corner location. It's kind of an interesting configuration, but uh, it's completely open. So you walk by and there's, you know, kind of a coffee bar with food and other items there and uh, then you've got the seating area and there's no real walls facing into the mallway if that makes sense and again it's kind of hard to describe because it's got this sort of an unusual shape to it but in terms of the retail space it's fairly uh, rectangular but you know it's open to the path network so uh, which I think you know is going to get it a lot of exposure and probably Mm. be quite popular Mm. Uh, businesses can you know use it for catering they can uh, you know get items for the office as well and people were you know lining up to buy macarons uh, as gifts as well probably a good time of year to open well and the the pedway in toronto is underground so typically it's a more of a darker kind of experience as you're trying to just get to where you need to be but uh, i know that some of the other locations around there are just grab and go there's no seating so how is the seating for lauderay versus others um i think the starbucks across the way had seating as well oh but um this is certainly brighter like it's definitely noticeable the presence that this lauderay location has in terms of visibility from different angles is it's amazing we were actually checking it out and we're quite surprised because you know just given the way that the hallways and network works around the path which is an underground pedestrian system uh, uh there it's got like five different angles at oh, least that wow. you're going to see it so um there there were lineups to get coffee and stuff there well and what i really would like to know is your thought on the differences for this lottery location in the downtown toronto versus the other canadian lotteries that are more geared towards having an afternoon tea service in their salon because obviously the demographic for downtown financial district in Toronto is more that businessman or businesswoman that has, you know, time is money. They just want to grab something, maybe go and not necessarily have the time. So now that you've been to the opening, did you see any kind of product or service that was unique to this location for that demographic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had quiche there. Um, what else do they have? Well, grab-and-go coffee, that's not something that's been typically a uh, ladre thing. Um, apparently, the Robson Street location in Vancouver, about two years after it opened, and I think originally, you know, ladre wasn't so receptive to kind of the grab-and-go coffee situation, but um, it opened and it was quite successful. But in this case, you know, if you're in the area and, you know, Toronto's financial district, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a, a busy you know, type A type of place. And uh, maybe people would want a bit of a luxury like La Delay, but they want to grab it and go. I mean, they're not, they, some people, you know, time is money. That's sort of the, the mantra in downtown Toronto. So people may be a little less likely to, uh, you know, have leisure time, uh, even though I think that La Delay kind of promotes that. But, uh, uh, you know, business is business and people are going to get their little luxury item and, and keep going and they can get gifts. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know if other La Delay locations have ice cream, but I saw people eating these little cups of ice cream. They looked great. Uh, I was already full by then though, because I ate a bunch of macarons. This is, I'm, like so over my sugar quota today you have no idea (laughs) we should also mention that when you were visiting vancouver we did stop into the uh, robson street lottery location and we were able to try the signature yule log that they've come out with for this holiday season which um, honors canada i think it was last year they did norway and a variety of others across the entire globe 
but all the different locations, regardless of where they are in the world, is going to have this Canadian-themed Yule log, which is, I think, called Atoka. And they partnered with uh, Patrice Demers from Quebec, a very well-known chef, to come up with what this would look like. And I think it features um, maple syrup as well as cranberries and... Um, I think it's buckwheat flour that kind of makes a very interesting and very Canadian flavor. So Yes, and those are only available currently in Vancouver. Um, there will be a pastry laboratory coming to Toronto. Um, more details to follow because a deal hasn't been done yet, apparently. But um, now that we've got this one in uh, downtown Toronto, um, also the company's looking at doing sort of like these pop-up kiosk things. Uh, you know, landlords, stay tuned because you may be approached because <laughs> I, I kind of provided some suggestions where they might go and I don't want to give anything away yet because, you know, things may not happen, right? But uh, we may say more locations at Toronto. I mean, it's not a secret. Bloor Yorkville is uh, definitely going to be a target for something at some point with La Durée and uh, who knows, you know, other shopping centers, airports, there's different opportunities out there depending. So, uh, concepts like this are interesting because, you know, they come to Canada, they're international, they're very heavily branded, and they do offer a quality product. So, uh, you know, I, I think things like this are great. And, you know, this is probably going to be uh, highly successful in Canada. And a quick word from our sponsor, Oberfeld Snowcap, for this week's podcast. They're founded 40 years ago and is a full-service real estate and retail advisory firm that focuses on retail tenant representation, strategic planning, property, and project leasing, as well as real estate investment sales. Thank you, Oberfeld Snowcap, for this week's support, and we'll look forward to working with you more. And the second topic of the podcast that we wanted to bring up is the most read article of the week, and that's the Haman Spa that by Sela that opened up in Bayview Village in Toronto. Now, Craig, I haven't been there. I see it's a two-level Turkish spa, which is something I would love to experience in Istanbul. But uh, tell us about why this is so special. Yeah, it's interesting because this thing's about 13,000 square feet. It's a two-level spa. Um, I haven't been there. Jessica Finch on our team has been there and, and got the full experience. Uh, but it looks really uh, luxurious. Like, this is quite the place. Um, I think it's the first of its kind in a shopping center in Canada. You don't really see, uh, you know, gigantic spas uh, opening in shopping centers in Canada. There are a few around the world, but and I, so I'm guessing more will come to other Canadian cities in years to come, like, you know, Oak Ridge and... Vancouver and whatnot, but, um, you know, Toronto's Bayview Village now has this uh, massive hammam spa by Sela, I think is how you pronounce it. It's, I think, a French word. And, um, you know, it, it's got all kinds of different services in it. And one of the reasons I found it quite remarkable is because, again, you know, um, Bayview Village is uh, it's an upscale shopping center in North York. Uh, it is competing against other shopping centers, including the Yorkdale Shopping Center. You know, it's a few kilometers away. Uh, has all kinds of luxury retailers, but it does not have a spa like this Hamam spa. Uh, you've got the uh, CF shops at Don Mills, which isn't too far away. I mean, these are all within a few minutes driving distance uh, if a person's driving a car. You've got the CF uh, Fairview Mall as well. And then further out, you've got other shopping centers. You go a little bit further, there's the Scarborough Town Center. And so, you know, the greater Toronto area has a lot of shopping centers. And Bayview Village has really been able to differentiate itself with this spa as well as having other kind of, you know, unique first to market in some cases are the only location for certain brand stores in Canada. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's subdued and elegant and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's 
really a lovely property. And also um, the marketing director, now she's marketing director for all of Quadriel now, I believe, but uh, I, I met her when she was, you know, primarily doing Baby Village, Melissa Evans-Lee, and we had the most uh, wonderful tour. I mean, she kind of positioned the center as having a level of glam, as we might say, and, uh, you know, very much a VIP experience. And, and I think she's kind of bang on in that respect, because now we're looking at retail and retail centers and saying, how can we create a great experience? And in this case with Bayview Village, well, holy cow. I mean, they've got, you know, some great full service restaurants. They've got, you know, a nice roster of uh, retailers, again, that are quite unique. They're differentiated from other centers nearby. Uh, they've got you know, a large liquor store, but now they've got this, you know, spa experience. I mean, it's... Uh, it looks really, really impressive. So yeah, well, and from the traditional Turkish bath experience, and in Turkish, Turkish bath is Haman, but uh, it's focused on water. So when you take a look at the traditional spas in Canada, it's more of a massage and it's dry. So you're on a, like a leather cushy uh, surface where this is you're getting wet, you're getting hot, cold water, all that kind of stuff with like soap suds and scrub. So it, you know when you take a look at the very luxurious photos that we have, they do have like a marble slab which is very luxurious and very exclusive and. It's just mm-hmm. something to have that nice scrub down kind of experience that would come from a, a traditional Turkish bath experience, right? Yeah, yeah. I might have to experience it at some point. I think I, I don't know. But Jessica said that they really scrub your skin like crazy. So yeah, I, no. I don't know. I might have no. No, no. That, that's part <laughs> of the whole experience. I might have no skin at the end. I no. don't know. I'm kind of worried. <laughs> <laughs> And the third article that we wanted to kind of highlight for the podcast, which is the second most read article, has to do with the Summerhill Market that had expanded to its third store in the Toronto area. So, Craig, I know that you wanted to highlight this because you thought that was it was a very interesting ad. And as a Vancouverite, I don't really know a lot about it. So if you could give us a little bit of insight, that would be awesome. Yeah, sweet tour. Sorry, I have a mouthful of macaroon here. <laughs> um yeah, we toured the Summerhill Market. They opened uh, the retailer opened a new location in Toronto's Annex neighborhood. It's ten fourteen Bathurst Street, and uh, it's a really interesting store because you know Toronto does have you know obviously quite a few grocery stores. It's got a few high end uh, retailers you know in the in the grocery space, but uh, this one's quite unique. I mean, number one, they own the buildings that they're in. I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, most retailers typically you know pay rent on their spaces right so uh, the owners of the company actually bought the building but you know speaking about the store itself you know you go in and uh, you know it's quite a you know lovely presentation it's got all kinds of exclusive products that you can't actually find elsewhere in Canada or apparently in some cases North America even they've traveled around the world to find unique products and this is a way for Summerhill Market to differentiate itself uh, uh, from the competition I mean if you think about it you know there's retailers like Pusateri's out there that have uh, you know high-end grocery products uh, and Whole Foods has a few stores in the greater Toronto area as well uh, you know they're different uh, you know some smaller retailers that uh, you know go high-end and even you know some of the bigger players are also uh, you know looking to launch premium products if they haven't already so uh, this is you know, an interesting one. It's, I think, you know, they're opening a fourth one already, or they should say they're building a fourth one. It's going to open, I think, in the spring of 2020 in uh, Toronto's Forest Hill area. So these grocery stores are really, you know, kind of catering to an affluent population, uh, certainly the foodie population. And um, some of the stuff was delicious. They have prepared meals there, uh, you know, that you can get and take home and, and it was delicious well, and what is summer hill market known for like if you're to say to somebody from vancouver like this is what summer hill market is known for is it more takeaway pastries what i think baked goods and cakes and because i'm not i haven't really been a 
customer. It's the first location is in Toronto's North Rosedale area, which is uh, a very wealthy neighborhood. Actually, uh, uh, you know, it makes sense that a retailer like this would exist there. Uh, the second one is kind of in the Lawrence Park neighborhood. Uh, I think it's known for 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 cakes, but you know, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, I know people that you know shop there and i'm trying to remember if, like for thanksgiving we i think we did we get a turkey from there i don't i don't remember to be honest but uh yeah you know. okay. well and what is their direct competitor would it be somebody's like like the Sunterra of alberta or would it be like urban fair of vancouver like what would they be worried I mean, about it, w- it wouldn't really be Sunterra, you know, like because it's only in toronto the summer yeah, yeah. market currently so it would really you know obviously be toronto retailers probably pusateri's fine foods I think that they would be the primary competitor just because yeah. they're both, you know, smaller format niche grocery stores that are positioned to be quite high end. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that would, you know, be the competitor. But they are quite different, I think. Um, you know, Summerhill Market, uh, I don't want to say they're they're brighter, but they, they sort of, you know, in the case of the new one in the annex, seemed a little bit more casual. Uh, but it car- apparently it's the exclusive products that they carry and, you know, certain brands that you cannot get elsewhere. I mean, those are very much, I think, a differentiating factor for uh, Summerhill uh, Market as well as Pusateri's to that degree. I mean, Pusateri's is a really great retailer as well. I think that, you know, they've done a great job. They've got a food hall at the Saks Fifth Avenue in downtown Toronto. They've got standalones and, um, you know, Summerhill Market is opening a location in Forest Hill. I think it's 484 Eglinton Avenue West. Uh, only a few kilometers north of there on Avenue Road, because it's near the corner, is the uh, Pusateri's flagship as well. So they'll be, you know, fighting for uh, some compa- uh, <laughs> customers, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think that's pretty much a wrap for the podcast, Craig. So thanks for going through and telling us about the uh, launch of the downtown Toronto Lottery, but also going through the two most read articles with me, too. Uh, we just wanted to remind everyone that we do have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to that goes out every morning with a link to the Canadian news from around the web that we've curated from the previous day, as well as links to all of our exclusive content that was published recently on Retail Insider. So if you go to our website, retail-insider.com, you can find the subscribe area to get that email to your inbox every morning. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, Please do subscribe to be notified when new episodes are published, but also to help our discoverability ratings to help others find us too. And if you also think we're five-star worthy, please do give us a review on your podcast review board uh, to help others find us too. So thanks again, everyone, and see you next week. Thank you so much, everyone. 